Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas and um, I'm delighted to start uh, this conversation with an American organist, uh, Tyler Bömer. <laughs> we are in our church uh, right now, uh, St. John's uh, Church in Vilnius, and uh, it's amazing how I met Tyler. I met Tyler um, at the 8th International Piano and Organist Competition um, of the name of Mikolaos Konstantinas Cirlonis here in Vilnius. Uh, we're recording uh, uh, on the second day of the second round, mm-hmm. right, uh, Tyler? And uh, just yesterday, I was sitting uh, in the in the church of St. Casimir's, where the second round was uh, uh, going on, and Tyler played, by the way, fabulously. fabulously. And uh, I was uh, very eager to talk to him. Thank you so much, Tyler, and welcome to the show. Yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> so maybe I should introduce you a little bit uh, to our audience from uh, 89 countries, organists from around the world. Uh, Tyler Bömer is um, is an American organist um, and uh, currently studying uh, on the doctoral program with James Higdon at the University of uh, Kansas. Um, and with international acclaim for his keyboard, abilities, he carries much promise as a future organ virtuoso. Uh, after completing undergraduate studied, studies at Brigham Young uh, University with Dr. Dan Cook, Tyler moved to the University of Kansas uh, to study with Dr. James Hickton. He has also been active in many national and international competitions. Recent, recent accolades include first prize in the Miami International Organ Competition in, in 2019, second prize in the Sydney International Organ Competition in 2018, and the diploma prize in the Mikhail uh, Tariverdiev International Organ Competition 2017 in Kaliningrad, right? Mm-hmm. In Russia. Yeah. Besides attending school, Tyler also works for the church where he plays for services and works with the children's handball ensemble. In the future, he plans to become a university professor. Yes. Good. Nice, uh, uh, concise, artistic biography, Tyler. Um, At this age um, of your career, it's really important uh, to... uh, explore uh, as many uh, avenues of artistic abilities as possible, mm-hmm. maybe competitions, maybe teaching, maybe church, maybe mm-hmm. all combined things, right? Yeah. And maybe concert performances <laughs> or even something else that uh, hasn't been invented yet with technology that is available to us. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler, um, do you remember the first time you, you were... Um, introduced to the organ. It's a long time ago, right? Can you share the story? (laughs) Yes, so uh, I actually, uh, growing up uh, in, uh, I heard the organ played in church, but it was never something that had attracted my attention until I was probably 13 or 14. I was uh, uh, in church one Sunday and we had a new uh, family who had moved into our congregation and this lady, her name was Lisa Glade, uh, she 
played a, uh, a special uh, music organ solo, and I had no clue that the organ could sound as cool as she made it sound. All of these brilliant sounds, all of these really beautiful colors coming together, I was hooked. And so I went to my piano teacher uh, during my lesson that week, and I said, hey, can we get started on this? And she looked at me and she said, I can give you like one lesson and that's about all I know. And uh, so we did that and we ended up playing a piano and organ duet a couple of Sundays later in, in church. And then she said, if you're really serious about this, you have to go study with Lisa Glade. She has a master's degree in organ and she actually knows what she's doing. So uh, I started taking lessons with her and it took off from there. <laughs> Wonderful. What was the first organ that uh, that you played? <laughs> oh, it was nothing fancy. It was a small two-manual electronic Rogers uh-huh. instrument, you know, because that's what we had in the church, and that's uh, that's what was available for me at the moment. So. Did you start with eight little preludes and fugues or something else? <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting that you ask that because uh, I don't remember ever actually studying any of the eight little preludes uh-huh. and fugues with my teacher. Um, Instead, I remember uh, when I first started, I said, I'm just here to learn how to play hymns for church. That was all I was going for. <laughs> she later told me, yeah, I had I had other ideas. And so she started me uh, into uh, some Mendelssohn. Um, I got started um, uh, into some simpler Bach, the Cathedral, Preludum Fugue, and E minor, uh, those kinds of pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some Brahms Kral preludes also. I remember doing those early years. <laughs> but you obviously had a um, good piano background by the time, right? It's, it's not easy to start uh, completely from scratch uh, with these pieces, right? No, definitely mm-hmm. not. And uh, I'd, I'd taken piano for about 10 years previous to that, so mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I had a, a solid technical background in piano. Mm-hmm. So what had interest you uh, in the organ originally? It's mystique or the mechan- mechanical wonders, uh, color uh, palette, uh, f- uh, or um, or the repertoire maybe? I don't know. The hymns you said, right? Yeah. Well, initially it was uh, it was to play for church. I mm-hmm. I, um, <clears throat> I wanted to be able to provide a service and to share my talents more and. And uh, when I heard Lisa play, of course, it was the colors that drew me to it. I thought, oh, this is so, you know, uh, you listen to the piano and really good pianos, really high quality pianos can make gorgeous different colors. Mm -hmm. But it's not the same as the organ where you have more orchestral colors coming through. And so that was initially. And I think what's uh, kept me going with it is... Uh, the complexity and all organs are different. I mean, I sit down at a different organ in a different church and I'm playing a brand new instrument that mm-hmm. has its own character, its yeah. own unique uh, color palette, um, the acoustics shift, how the organ sounds. I mean, uh, everything is, it, it's so exciting every mm-hmm. time you sit down to a new instrument. It's not like uh, when you sit down at the piano, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, still... Uh, Varied, varied from from instrument to instrument, but not as much uh, as with the organ. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And every environment is different, right? You mm-hmm. you can put this instrument into into a concert hall; it will mm-hmm. sound like like a, like a dried instrument, yeah. right? Not as colorful. Yeah. You you put electronic organ in a fabulous space like uh, the Church of Saint Casimir. Mm-hmm. By the way, they have this Allen digital organ downstairs where mm-hmm. he played upstairs on the neo baroque organ built by Oberlinger. They have uh, and for a long time they had uh, only electronic organ downstairs, which still sounded uh, quite nice, you know, mm-hmm. under that dome uh, where the jury was sitting mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, yesterday I tried to sit uh, in front of the jury uh, on the right-hand side, but they didn't let me. <laughs> I wanted to, to oh. see them. So, so uh, it's a nice uh, segue to our uh, next uh, turn of, of uh, conversation topic about um, this competition, right? Uh, it's not the first time you compete. You are a quite experienced um, contestant. And uh, what is your... Um, uh, feeling about uh, today's uh, uh, 
today's um, competition right now in Lithuania? Uh, so far, it's been really cool. Um, as I've done competitions over the past few years, I've gotten to know a lot of people, and so several of the people that I've met are here, and we just have a really good time. And uh, I feel like we're all really here to support each other, not to uh, necessarily go head-to-head. I mean, it is a competition, so we all understand that not everybody can move on and not everybody can be the winner. But we're all here to support each other. And uh, as far as the organs are concerned, I've been really pleased with the the churches and the organs that I've gotten to play. I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, coming from Canada and the United States, Lithuania was not on my radar much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in, like I said, in the last few years, I've started to uh, look into competitions more. And I discovered this one through some uh, online searches and... Uh, one of my professors, Dr. Michael Bauer, was a, a jury member here four years ago, and so I, ha- I got to ask him about it, and he said, oh, you have to go. Lithuania is absolutely incredible. The organs are great. The competition is run super well. So uh, Exactly. Everybody who visits Vilnius uh, and uh, comes to this church uh, where we are right now, I later invite them to come climb the bell tower here. Uh, of mm-hmm. this uh, of this church, it's the largest um, building in the old town area, even larger than the famous Gediminas Castle, which is um, down the street. And, and uh, everybody who climbs that tower falls in love with the Baltics. <laughs> but today it's closed because it's cold. It's only open um, until October. Oh no! So so you have to come back. Okay, well right. I'll come back then. <laughs> in, and actually, com- uh, competitions. Uh, up until this year were held um, around the time where Nikolaus Konstantinos Chulonis was born and it was um, uh, around uh, September 21st, 2nd, 3rd, 3rd week of September basically, uh, second half of the September basically usually these competitions were held but today this, this time I don't know why they moved maybe because the Philharmonic Hall is under construction uh, only the, the the announcement of the winners will be held uh, there on Sunday, right? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe the the piano winners uh, will perform with the orchestra there. I think so, but but that's why they don't use the organ at the Philharmonic Hall mm. anymore, and that's why you will go to Klaipeda to play the final. Round. I hope so. <laughs> yes, I hope I hope you will go. Yes, I said you, but uh, I meant uh, you know in general people who compete. Mm-hmm. So wonderful um, uh, people who come to Lithuania sometimes have never heard about this small country. We have. Um, up until now the fastest internet connection in the world but this morning I was going to church on the radio in the car uh, uh, they announced that we are no longer number one oh no Uh, Taiwan beat us (laughs) (laughs) and Latvia and Estonia too I mean our internet is fast enough Mm -hmm. right as you can see you can get Wi-Fi connection pretty pretty much everywhere Mm -hmm. and quite fast connection but uh, but technology is moving up uh, Mm -hmm. in in heaps and leaps and uh, and and it's hard to keep up Uh, but we will have 5g soon enough i think (laughs) within the next couple of years excellent so uh, we talked about your beginnings Um, uh, how are you doing in kansas Um, how do you like this program i love the program in kansas Um, part of the reason i picked it was uh, well first of all both of uh, the professors at BYU had studied and gotten doctorates at Kansas, so they kind of pushed me a little to check it out, and when I was there, I fell in love with the organ hall, but more importantly, um, I felt like the professors, uh, both Dr. Hickton and Dr. Bauer, were, uh, that they were, wanted their students to be successful, and as I've been there, I've seen how many sacrifices, like, they put in so much time extra time that they don't have to give for extra lessons or preparation for uh, 
competitions or upcoming recitals or whatever it may be, I, I see them putting sacrificing all this extra time to help us as students be successful. And for me, that's been the biggest reward of being there is that I see uh, I see them giving of themselves to help us as students be as successful as we can be. That's really important, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to, to some other state that you haven't um, studied before, it's like a new place for you. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember when my wife and I, uh, we went uh, from uh, Eastern Michigan University when mm-hmm. we finished our master's study with uh, Dr. Pamela Reuter-Finstra there. We were starting to look uh, to the doctor programs and Eastern Michigan University didn't have one. So we applied to several schools like Eastman School of Music, University of Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, Iowa, and also University of Nebraska in Lincoln. Um, and we got accepted everywhere. Oh. <laughs> but I'm not bragging. I'm just uh, uh, saying the reason we chose Nebraska is because of this really friendly atmosphere uh, and this really personal care of, of the professors, both Dr. Quentin Faulkner and Dr. George Ritchie. They were like um, like, a, like a family mm-hmm. to us, and actually mm-hmm. they visited Lithuania also, each of them with their uh, spouses, and um, we showed them around. Uh, we actually uh, went to that castle, uh, to that uh, bell tower with them, and to other interesting places. This relationship lasts for a lifetime, right? And I mm-hmm. hope uh, you will remain good friends and colleagues with Dr. Hitton and uh, Michael Bauer too. Mm-hmm. I hope so too. And for a long time. Yeah. It's really uh, important. And also with Dr. Cook too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, your uh, first professor is, is sort of, uh, sort of um, the one who will decide which direction you will go, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and and uh, he's uh, he was really, uh, Dr. Cook was really influential in a lot of ways. Um, but one of the one of the big things uh, for me, I remember starting at BYU and there was another freshman player who came in and uh, he was really good. I mean, he was playing, you know, uh, like Tui Petra by uh, Moulet. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember our first year there, he had started learning the Demisieu Etude octaves. And I was over here and I'm like, I can play my little cathedral prelude and fugue. And I felt, you know, a little bit like I was, I was behind, but uh, I never felt like Dr. Cook treated me any differently than any of the other students. And in fact, I felt like he was, he really pushed me to be my best in every single lesson. You know, he would, he would focus on my, on my technical aspects. You know, I would, I would think I was, you know, really hot stuff. I'd come in and I'm like, listen to me play this piece. And he'd say, well, we have to work on your voice leading because right now your parts aren't really distinguishable in your Bach. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it really made me uh, a really good listener and a really good player and uh, laid a good foundation. Uh, you mentioned a little cathedral prelude and fugue, right, in E minor. Mm-hmm. And then uh, look at you. Uh, you yesterday played uh, BWV 548 prelude and fugue by Bach in E minor. Uh, and then C sharp minor fugue by by Mikolaos Konstantinas Chulonis, and this wonderful, wonderful Eau Natal uh, from from poem Pur Org Eau Natal by Thierry Escash. I thought I, I talked with some of the Lithuanian uh, organists afterwards. They all mentioned Thierry's work. That it's a, like a discovery for them, and uh, somebody, somebody met him uh, in other competition juries, and the 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 artistic integrity of Thierry is amazing. You know where where other people on the jury they go to 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 on guided tours throughout mm-hmm. the cities, uh, sit in the restaurants or some, do something else. He just just composes. Uh, he has this little notebook and he creates. <laughs> he has this work ethic, very, mm-hmm. very valuable. I think he will become like the, the next uh, 
Leclerc, for example, mm-hmm. because he is one of the few French organist improvisers mm-hmm. who also uh, composes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I writes heard, down what he plays. I've heard uh, Olivier Latry say that uh, Thierry Ascash is the best improviser in the world right now. Improviser, so. but mm-hmm. he also. But his compositions down. are top notch. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, Najee Hakim also is, mm-hmm. uh, cannot be overlooked. And some others, but but I was also wondering, you know, when we go to Paris and tours and uh, we visit those cathedrals and churches, uh, and we hear fabulous improvisations by the French masters living today, uh, old and young, up and coming organists, and um, and I will also wonder why so few of them compose. <laughs> Are composing only on the improvise. A master like Latry, for example, mm-hmm. is is leaving us probably a lot of work for future transcriptions mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. out of his videos and mm-hmm. recordings. It's just a thought. Uh, okay, so uh, yes, you see, I thought uh, your program yesterday was fantastic. Let me uh, read a little bit about uh, what you have. Uh, uh, played because I have created created a review and even made my score on the 10 scale basis <laughs> from each of <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> my alternate this alternate. will be interesting uh, uh, this is yes that's uh, so that's you, uh, I was in group one this is group two this is group two so let me pull up group two group one is right here uh-huh <coughs> right um the first one was was a south korean guy right mm-hmm. johan chung, johan chung yeah. um, who played uh, bw 548 and uh, then chelonis fugue obviously and then loudest uh, mm-hmm. by peter eben the first the first piece mm-hmm. uh, i haven't summarized my 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 um, ratings but for the technique I gave him seven registration eight artistry seven and then for for Chulonis Fuke I gave him technique nine registration seven artistry seven uh, and then uh, and then the loudest piece I wrote uh, technique six mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope he is fine with this I, I, I'm, it's not official mm-hmm. it's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion registration nine and artistry seven Right, and then the Boy, next one is oh. <laughs> Tyler number two. Uh, when you played the Bach E minor Prelude and Fugue, I wrote for you Technique nine, Registration nine, and Artistry nine. Oh, okay, that's it. Um, look, I um, what I wrote. The next contestant is number two, Tyler Jason Bermer from the United States. His BW548 unfortunately starts <laughs> with a mistake in the pedal. Oh, arc. that's so true. I went, to, I went to hit one of the octave A's and I hit a G and I yes, thought, yes, oh, yes. that's really exciting. It's to, it was an appositura or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I no. solid tempo carries him further without any problems. Okay. At least in the prelude, he has a better feeling for articulation and harmonic changes than the previous organist you see sometimes people play like machines you know mm-hmm. like very fast and virtuoso we know yeah. that they can play fast it's not about being the fastest right <laughs> it's about who listens the, the most the few proves this as well mm-hmm. those 16 outruns mm-hmm. he also he doesn't use posaune in the fugue and instead uses trumpet mm-hmm. am i right yes that's correct what so. is your reason for reducing the so uh, <clears throat> i i initially had uh, tried it with the posaune um and uh, when I went back and listened um, before my performance uh, to the registrations, uh, I just felt like the posauna wasn't giving me quite the uh, speech and articulation that I wanted, so I just ended up not using it mm-hmm, for that, mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. I could have, I felt like I needed a clearer articulation for the pedal in the, in the fugue, so. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yes, <laughs> posauna would have been a little harder to, 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 make it clear uh, 
amid those, amongst those 16 neutrons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've heard some people use that mm-hmm. uh, quite successfully as well. So the next piece on the program is uh, Natal from Poem for Org uh, Natal by Thierry Eskash. This is a mysterious sounding piece combining elements of modal writing and exploration of organ colors. Mm-hmm. Stop changes sometimes come too late. Oh, That's no. not your fault. <laughs> That's assistant's fault. Uh, it's uh, well. It was partially to um, the action. The combination action was a little slow, uh-huh, and uh-huh. so she would push it, and then it would be slightly, you know, like just a half a second mm-hmm. behind when she pushed it. So she tried to adjust, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. Who, who, who was your assistant? Uh, I, I don't know her name actually, but oh, I told girl. Mm-hmm. But I will give her flowers because she did fantastic. So. <laughs> Oh. She came up to me yesterday after everything and uh, told very good words about your pray- oh, praying. Okay. And she was my fir- former student, by the way. Her name is Agla, Agla mm-hmm. Rulokaita, and she's now studying at the Academy of Music. Cool. Doing her bachelor's mm-hmm. uh, studies. And um, I can just uh, um, imagine how she would have played or performed in this competition as well because uh, uh, I hope uh, she was really yeah she, she's really she's really, really excellent I mean yeah. she was with me mm. the whole time you know never a beat behind and so I was, yeah. I was very happy maybe next time <laughs> so I wrote for you a, uh, for the piece of uh, of uh, Thierry Eskash Technique 10 registration 8 <laughs> <laughs> It's not your fault. <laughs> and an artistry ten. Yeah. You know, it was it was hard to register on that organ too because um, a lot of the colors that Thierry calls for uh, weren't on that uh, French or I mean that German neo baroque style instrument. Um, so I had to be quite creative uh, with some of the things that I chose to do. Exactly. Uh, the Chirlonis fugue is left for the end, uh, and uh, I, write, I write, he chooses a nice sounding flute for the E major episode. Do you remember this middle section mm-hmm. after the exposition? Mm-hmm. Uh, but some stop is added not on time. Mm. That's not your fault. Uh, or sometimes, actually, it is uh, organist's uh, fault mm-hmm. if if the, no- the nodding is, is mm-hmm. not done uh, a little bit earlier. Um, it's hard to, to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I just wish sometimes that we had this screen cast downstairs in, in, the, in front of them mm-hmm. so that everybody could see what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, like sometimes they do in the festivals. Mm-hmm. The same happens in the pedals later. Uh, I just have to say that um, this flute uh, episode is, is better f- for my taste um, than the previous organists chose. Uh, eight and four foot flutes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you use this well or the or the choir? It was actually the, the yeah the positive. The posi- eight the, and the four, four flutes. The, mm-hmm. the first manual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yes, the swell is deep inside the organ. It's not as as uh, in the face. And then uh, Oberberg uh, sounds really, or the positive mm-hmm. sounds really really clear and. Mm-hmm. Colorful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Good choice, I think. So, um, so sometimes I thought you forget to breathe <laughs> during that fugue. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I right? Uh, yes, when you play, yes, no, yes. with this excitement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wrote technique nine, registration eight, artistry night nine. Mm-hmm. nine. Uh, not a big deal, obviously. Um, so we could talk for hours about other contestants, yeah. but but I think I want to talk about you as well. And well, I have to say, um, <laughs> you know, just real quick, uh, appreciate the comments and the feedback. Um, and I've really enjoyed getting to know these uh, Lithuanian pieces, especially the Chil. Uh, how do you say his name? Chirlionis. 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 Yes. The two fugues that we that all the competitors had to learn, uh, I think, are really beautifully constructed, really gorgeous pieces. And uh, I just, you know, I, I plan to program this C sharp minor fugue in particular in a couple of upcoming recitals that I have because I just think it. It, it's a really gorgeous piece and easily accessible for the average audience member. So. Exactly, exactly. And it's unusual to end the piece with the end the program with the with the rather uh, small piece like like a Chirlon. It's mm-hmm. not a very dramatic uh, mm-hmm. 
for example, Regers, you know, mm-hmm. Fantasy and Fugue. Uh, it's also romantic, mm-hmm. but uh, more gentle. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to read what I wrote about your first round? <laughs> sure. I wasn't <laughs> fine. I wasn't rating rating people at the time. Maybe I should. I can go back and no, read, no, it's <laughs> and I can have my own second round. Uh, People, uh, mm-hmm. 12 people chosen mm-hmm. maybe I'll do that if I have time so the number 2 on the menu is Tyler Jason Bermer from the United States this is about round 1 mm-hmm. he also started with the preludium with Nikolaus Bruns oh, how the judges made it through 23 of those yes. that lucky, is a lot <laughs> lucky for us uh, about um, 6 people didn't come to the competition right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. therefore we have less mm-hmm. To listen. <laughs> so they could have had 29, is what you're saying. <laughs> during, yes, during the opening section, a nasty cipher in C sharp disturbed playing for a minute or so. I know. The C sharp couldn't, it, it, the cipher couldn't have picked a chord, a, a note that was in the E minor chord, it had to pick C sharp, you know. <laughs> what could you have done differently? Maybe you could have transpo- uh, modulated to, <laughs> let me see. Uh, what key would work with C sharp? To, to F sharp minor. <laughs> but which would work with E minor as well, like yeah. a dominant. Oh yeah. Um, uh, subdominant mm-hmm. A, mi- A major maybe. A, A major, major would have work. Worked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> I would have loved the jury's reaction to that. <laughs> What's happening? And you would have played yeah. everything in A major uh, by, from that yeah. point on. Okay. Uh, luckily, the organist kept playing almost like nothing happened. Almost. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, I just, I just kind of looked at my assistants, and they kept trying to find which key it was. And I think they had had uh, a cipher on that key earlier uh, in some of the practices, and so they actually they knew they knew. Yeah. It just uh, because I was still playing, they couldn't reach in and grab it. You know? But you see how important sometimes for the organist is to to have the perfect pitch yes. right? to know exactly which note mm-hmm, is sticking mm-hmm. right or to develop perfect pitch mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. everybody is born with perfect pitch I don't think people are born with per- perfect pitch do you? Uh, no not they necessarily they develop it so it's, I, th- I think it, uh, it's a de- yeah it's a developed mm-hmm. technique <laughs> in the first fugue he felt relaxed enough to add interesting ornaments oh, oh nice good. <laughs> In the fugue, not in the in the next mm-hmm. episode. The opening was with mixtures and reeds, and the fugue to me sounded performed w- with a single eight-foot principle, both in the hands and feet. Am I right? Yes, that's correct. Very nice. The fanfare section was played with or without the reeds or mixtures. I wrote with without. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Um, it was without. Without, so. without. I think maybe principles 8, 4, and 2. Also correct, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Good guess. The arpeggio section, uh, which imitates the violin, mm-hmm. uh, was played with the 8-foot flute accompanied by the 16-foot subas alone. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah, I think I had coupled in the uh, the 8-foot flute into the pedal, but it was still... The 16-foot subas is quite uh, mm-hmm. oh, well, I woofy. Didn't hear, I didn't hear the coupler. <laughs> then we hear crescendo with the gradual addition of principles and mixture. I liked nice flourishes and what he did between the phrases. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how did you how did you come up mm-hmm. with that improvisatory element? Yourself so, or, or uh, James Higdon? So actually, um, this is a piece that I had studied uh, when I was doing a semester in Germany just this last spring with uh, Professor Eduardo Bellotti. Oh. And so he and I, he helped me to sort of develop some of these ideas. And I came to him and said, oh, what, what do you think of this? And uh, I remember he said, you know, be progressive with it. He said, you know, start that first phrase, be very simple, play it fairly straightforward. Then in the next phrase, add in your, your extra ornaments. And then in your final phrase, add in your roulades and your you know, uh, your really big flourishes going into that. So, Good uh, idea. And, I, and I liked that progressive idea, and so I tried to apply it. So, I hope I can interview Eduardo Bellotti one day on this <laughs> podcast. 
Mr. Eduardo, if you're hearing uh, our conversation, please reach out. We would love to interview you. And by the way, Hans Davidson, the colleague of Eduardo, mm-hmm. and who is leading um, Gothenburg International Organ Academy, is going to be our guest uh, next January. He, he has big plans for the future, so he's scheduled a few months in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward for that. So now let's see what else. Um, after this, we hear crescendo with the gradual addition of principles and mixture and a like uh, nice flourishes, right? Between the phrases. In the second few, he added the reeds. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. Uh, in the jig, right? Yes. Uh, do you think it's a jig or something else? It feels it jig-like like jig to thing. me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just I, I didn't use the term jig because mm-hmm. some people uses different uh, mm-hmm. terminology for this this dance. It could be something else, but mm-hmm. second fugue is very mm-hmm. objective. I think everybody can relate. Maybe because of the excitement, a few mistakes could have been heard in the middle of it. Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the piece was solid, but a little bit rushed. Oh, remember yes. mm-hmm. uh, to me I don't know mm-hmm. how you felt mm-hmm. good let's see next he played uh, Choral Prelude Alain Gott in der Hörsaer BWV 676 one of my favorites yeah um, from the Klavierübung I think yes mm-hmm. part 3 uh, started quite fast and thought at this speed he will not be able to listen to intricate contrapuntal work of the composer. I did get started and I thought, oh, it's a little faster than I wanted to go, but I, you know, <coughs> I tried to just gradually settle it into a more comfortable tempo and, you know, uh, rather than try and maintain what felt a little too quick. So. <laughs> Look, the organist chose to use the principles 8 and 4 in both hands on different manuals and for the pedals principles 16 and 8. Mm-hmm. Was that I, accurate? Uh, for the most part, I think I used the Subas 16 in the pedal and the, principles. the principle 8. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only 8 oh, and Subas 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, I get mixed up with, mm-hmm. with what I hear. Um, Luckily, I was live in, in, the, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the room because uh, for some rounds, I, for some groups, I listened uh, from the live stream mm-hmm. and it was much different. And mm-hmm. I, I had to predict something else. Mm-hmm. What is really happening in the room? Right. In the second half of the choral prelude, the tempo was normalized and I didn't hear any rushed passages. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Good for Bach and for Tyler. Good. The program concluded with inspiration by Vitotas Barkauskas, a Lithuanian living composer, um, which was uh, one of the five or six or seven pieces uh, that you could choose you between. Could choose, yes. mm-hmm. uh, why, by the way, why did you choose this piece? It's um, a good question. And uh, so when I was uh, looking through all of the pieces, um, I didn't really know how any of them sounded, and I tried to find YouTube recordings, and there really weren't very many uh, pieces that I could find on yes, YouTube. Yes. And so, um, one of the things, one of my considerations was, what piece uh, can I look at objectively, and do I feel like I can make this into a good piece, uh, into make it my own, essentially, and. Uh, there were two or three that jumped out, and uh, I approached my professor and said, what do you think of these ones? And he said, I think they would all be good choices. And eventually I, I went with this one because I liked the contrasting opening, middle, closing sections, the fast, slow, fast kind mm-hmm, of feel. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I wrote uh, uh, <clears throat> that this piece has many echo passages between the hands and curiously sounding posaune exclamation in mm-hmm. the pedals. Like a lot of Lithuanian organ pieces, it sounds like improvisation without too much thought about the form. <laughs> Three-note motif is repeated and developed constantly. I thought the soft sections were done nicely. Mm-hmm. The reed sections can serve like a nice demonstration of posaune and other stops, right? Yeah. Um, so, I didn't which, rate by you. The, which, by the way, this piece... Um, 
was a lot harder when I started learning it than I originally thought it would be. I mean, it was very, it was very challenging. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I played it in Kansas, um, everybody there really loved the piece. They mm-hmm. thought it was fantastic, and I do too. So, good yeah. on you, Barkovskos. <laughs> yeah, Barkovskos. Actually, Lithuanian composers could create more organ music than they do now. Um, maybe it's um, it's because organ is not the most popular instrument in Lithuania nowadays, but but also because um, you know it 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 is often associated with the church and uh, real well-established composers. Um, more are more likely to compose something for concert instruments, right? For orchestral instruments, or and and and. But on the other hand, I think organists could compose more. Lithuanian organists could compose more, promoting their own music, playing it, and uh, therefore you could you could find uh, more organ music recordings yeah. on YouTube. Well, I thought it was uh, interesting in your. Uh we were talking a little bit earlier, sorry, this was pre-recording, but now we'll try and get it on the recording, yes. uh, about your uh, previous podcast about writing one composition a week for 27 years. Yes, um, by Mark Carson Kuhlman, mm-hmm. American composer, yeah. whom I interviewed last week. He was He's a champion mm-hmm. of, of creating something new every week. And I really counted uh, like uh, 1,300 opuses. Mm-hmm. Not every everything is available mm-hmm. on this website, but mm-hmm. he counts them diligently, and uh, he's done this since mm-hmm. 1992, I think. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, that's uh, quite impressive and uh, really inspiring, and mm-hmm. I think uh, really important uh, development of, of compositional technique. I think uh, at least what I see when. Uh, um, I look at the composition students at the university, they tend to write a composition and then they spend of what feels like an exorbitant amount of time, years, refining and reflecting and changing and shifting just this one composition. Now, I'm not saying that that is necessarily a bad thing, but I think it, it prevents them from getting more compositions out there, which in my mind I, I would like more you know and and also as a on a more personal note it's something for me to work towards mm-hmm. as an organist um, I've dabbled here and there in composition um, but I haven't ever tried to stick to a regimented I will compose this much you know every every week you know and it's really inspiring to hear that uh, that's possible and also to feel like that would be something that's really worthwhile. Yeah, it's inspiring to me too uh, to know that other people are doing this. It's not like like only Bach wrote over 1,000 mm-hmm. pieces right, mm-hmm. that are attributed to him. Um, no, living composers are doing this today. Mm-hmm. And he said some of the pieces are li- really small, like mm-hmm. last for a couple of minutes. Uh, and some of them yeah. are very long, and, like a multi-sectional. And not piece. every piece has to be this grand masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that that is a, also a misconception by a lot of us, uh, myself included, is that, oh, my piece, it's not the most amazing piece I've ever composed, so it's not worth anything, which is not true. Uh, all of these pieces are important and help us to learn and also can be used. <laughs> you know, the world doesn't need another Bach, right? <laughs> and uh, when I, I think I improvised seven choral preludes back in, when I was studying uh, at Eastern Michigan University with, with Dr. Pamela Rotterfinstra, and then transcribed them to, to music notation and submitted to the editor, uh, Wayne Leopold, for possible publication, you know in the United States, and he wrote to me, very nice, but you cannot beat Herr Bach, you know, <laughs> it was in, in Bach style, uh, like, sounded more like Krebs, not Bach, actually, because it was like a student of Bach, and I thought after that, uh, but I like this style, so I, you know, and mm-hmm. for a long time I was improvising in, 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 in Baroque style. Mm-hmm. And only maybe 10 years ago, or, or maybe 
nine years ago I started dabbling with modern musical language, which actually um, was facilitated by me teaching theory, music theory and air training at the, at the art gymnasium here in Vilnius. Uh, and, you know, I, I got to know music theory, theory much better from this perspective. And my own playing also changed, and improvisation changed, and I started to composing modern music too. And I now think that uh, no, the world doesn't need another Bach, but whoever is composing the world is, you know, still needs you. The world needs Tyler, because there is only one Tyler, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he is still developing and uh, still can do so many things, just like. Uh, <clears throat> Thierry Eskash, right? He, I think he has the uh, the uh, chance of becoming the next great master of French organ literature because of his output and work ethic. Mm -hmm. Like the next uh, Jean Guillou or um, Langlais or even Messian, right? Um, Messian, his has his own brand, but mm -hmm. but Eskash is wonderful improviser, and and your playing of his piece yesterday proved that everybody was amazed too. I talked for, for, with members of the jury as well, you know, uh, who were Lithuanians, and mm -hmm. I don't know how they, how they rated your playing, but they they said great things about the piece itself. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I do hope that you will pass <laughs> through the final round. I hope so too. Uh, we'll find out in, uh, what, like eight hours or so? Yeah, they will announce later tonight. Uh, later today we will we'll go to listen to the rest of the performances. Mm -hmm. uh, how many? Five, uh, pe five, five people, people today. left. Mm -hmm. It will be a long, long um, audition. Yeah, because I think it's uh, no, without no pause. Inter intermission. <laughs> To sit on 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 wooden wooden benches for for two and a half hours as a challenge. Yes, but it's like a organ Olympics, I would say, in Lithuania. This competition, except without Lithuanian organists. No Lithuanian. You see, only international organists are participating. Why is it so? Do you think? Do you have an opinion? Um. And no Latvian, no, no our friends from Latvia, mm -hmm. who would uh, usually come and uh, compete as well. I, I, I don't really know, I mean... I uh, can't say, right? I can't say, yeah. Um, so. But we have many Koreans now, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. uh, like twice as much, twice as many as, as, as in previous competitions. Mm -hmm. So they, they double the chances mm -hmm. of winning yeah. <laughs> in competing in, in bunches. Mm -hmm. I did think it was really cool um, four years ago that a uh, Lithuanian competitor was the winner. That was really... <laughs> yeah, Karolina. Karoli, no, uh, no, no, Mona. 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 <laughs> Mona. Mona. And before that, Karolina. <laughs> yeah, so. they both are very, very good performers. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, thank you so much, Tyler. I, I really hope we meet again. I know that after this conversation, when we turn off the recording, I will give you a chance to play this uh, largest pipe organ in Lithuania. I can't wait. And you will have to say if... Uh, how would your program have sounded on this instrument? Uh, on the first round or the second round? <laughs> that would be interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you guys for listening. This was Vidas. Thank you. Good and, to be here. Yes. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. Uh, and um, It is true. Put in the time and it will come. <laughs> yes. And maybe you can, you can participate in international organ competitions this way uh, if you practice. For how many years are you practicing? Here? Oh, uh, for... Uh, well, with organ... Uh, 13, 14 years Yeah, now. it takes... So. Uh, the first 20 years are difficult and the rest is easy. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? So I've only got, you know... Six more Six yet. more years of hard practice. <laughs> and by the way, before we end, Tyler, 
Do you have a place for our listeners to to go find out more about your work, your website, uh, Facebook page, YouTube channel, anything? Yeah, so uh, I uh, I have a website. Um, it's just my name, TylerBeamer.com. Very simple, mm-hmm. uh, and it has a few YouTube videos on there, some uh, uh, biography. Uh, you can go and listen to more of my playing and enjoy. Let's spell it out because um, <coughs> some people oh, will, yes. <laughs> will will not see the transcript or the mm-hmm. description. Just here. Uh, yeah. So T as in tiger. Y L E R. B as in boy. O E H as in hat. M as in marshmallow. E R. Dot com. Very nice. <laughs> I've had to spell that for many a person on the phone. So. <laughs> you, can, you can almost create a story, a short story out of your first and last name. Yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. See you. See you at the competition, uh, last group, second round later today. And I hope to write another review and post it on on our website, organduo.lt. All right. See you later. <laughs> This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi with the Santosha. Thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and... 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.